Down and down again. Oh. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh, find her. Shit. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. Niggas. Welcome to a new month. Welcome to. Botch that terribly. <laughs> Welcome to a new month. Welcome to first time ever special two part edition of match of the month and comic of the month as we just start coming up this year but this year this this year this november um uh it was too big of a deal for them to bring war games to survivor series to not have a match of the month about also i got to watch a match i had never seen i've only heard about it and i've had the opportunity to see it but like i just just, just never hit my radar like and someone asked me a question of how couldn't have hit your radar i said you know what when I first got the network, I told the story before. The first thing I watched was the, the the match between the Wyatts and the Shield. But after that, I went to just nostalgia moments, like stuff like the the the, the blackface and the the impersonation of uh, of Nation from DX and um, this just things like that. It wasn't necessarily that was the only match I watched on the network for a while. I didn't go to too many matches, you know. And then I I think I got I got away from the network because. I said this before, Wade Keller put it in a, such a good way. He's like, hey, dude, we're here when you need us. And so then when I would get into these moves where I just wanted to watch wrestling, I would download a match or a wrestling. I can't download a match, but like, I watched Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 21 or something like that. And what really got me back into the network, I never got out of it, but, but what kept me going was starting the match of the month. That was my former podcast. And so I, I, I just kind of use it for it. I, I can tell you right now. I maybe watch Netflix, if I'm being 100% real with you guys, I maybe watch Netflix <sighs> hours-wise, maybe less than a month of the year. I pay for it for the convenience of having it. The fact that I know I could cut on Netflix tomorrow, like the other day I was Doing something that I just cut Seinfeld on in the background, just to have background noise. Uh, that's sometimes what I do with the WWE Network. But this, but but this time I I've been told for years, many years, this is the greatest, the absolute greatest um, war games of all time. I've heard about it, I knew the aftermath of it, but I never watched it. And so essentially, it was too important to not talk about war games and have a match of the month that but was also having Black Panther Wakanda. And we all know trailers can be misleading. I think the more the, the 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 trailers for Black Adam have been looking really weak. And by the time you guys hear this, I will have already reviewed that. But essentially, what what I'm saying though is, I want to say they just put this, this they just did at the time I was recording. I just did a TV spot, right? Or they just, I just saw a TV spot where you see Black Adam fighting Doctor Fate, right? That they've shown more and more action, but like they haven't really been impressive. I just feel like. I went into thinking Black Panther was... I didn't know how I felt about it. I know I didn't like it because Mr. Bozeman passed away. But, like, I didn't know how I was going to feel about it. And then seeing this trailer, seeing Namor, seeing uh, Shuri probably taking on the mantle. But I think I don't think she's the only one taking on a mantle. By the time you guys hear this, Black Panther will not be out. But I don't think she's taking on a mantle. I don't, I don't think she's the only one taking on a mantle. But either way, like, I, it was too important to not talk about both. 
and I didn't want to do a sh- an entire show, and essentially an entire match of the month where you had to listen. If you were just a fan of the day show or the Wednesday show, you had to listen to this before you got to it. So I don't know if I would ever do this again, uh, just to do two parts because it's already a daunting task doing two shows a week. But I felt this was a very important time, and I said, you know what? You you find the time to do something like this. So, and on top of that, I, I decided to do it because the reality is, I was someone hit me up the other day, and as like I said, I'm gonna tell you guys when I'm recording. I'm recording this on the the 19th of October, and so a couple weeks ahead of the the where I need to do it, and I was supposed to say, hey, can you send me a link to your podcast? Of course. So I go on Spotify, send the link. I didn't even realize this, but we've gone up in star ratings. We had one for like the longest time, and then it went up to like I think we're at five now, and I'm super happy that you guys are giving five stars. You know, it's just freaking awesome, you know. And so I'm sitting there like, oh wow, that's that's pretty cool, you know. And so I was like, you know what? That's let's 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 give them something for that. So I appreciate that. I really do. So, anyways, uh, let's let's just, just keep making that rise. Let's make that more of a important thing, right? That should probably plug it more um, as well, but. This Dangerous Alliance, we saw the Sting Squadron. This is, and also, just so you guys know, for you guys who are not big at WCW fans or you know about WCW from the Attitude Era, people associate War Games with Fall Brawl that happened in September. War Games used to be on Wrestle War, and so that's where you guys can get messed up. If you're looking for a Fall Brawl, Fall Brawl did not start until like 93, 94. This is 92 Wrestle War. It's the main event. Just just know that for you guys who want to watch it. And before we get into the, the names and stuff, I think, I, first of all, it's subjective to see what something's the greatest and blah, 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 all that. I think people call this the greatest because even when I watched it, I, I sat down and was watching this as I was waiting for someone for dinner. And it went by so fast and so seamlessly. And the action was well, well paced, right? Yeah, I will say some of these war games sometimes, it, it's like, it does feel like a task to get through that first the first four or five people, because you know how the, the, the formula goes. It's like one minute, it's like, oh, the bad guys have the advantage, now it's double team. It's like, it's, it's so formulaic. It really is. But this felt seamless. And it and I, when I looked at, I kept looking at the time, I was like, man, this is a pretty short war game. It felt short. It felt like you needed more. But you really didn't. It was, it was enough, you know? But, um... That's why I think people call it the greatest, outside of it being their perspective, obviously. But um, that's just my take on that. But this war game features Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. Sting Squadron is a team of Sting, Nikita Koloff, Ricky Steamboat, Dustin Rhodes, and Barry Windham. The Dangerous Alliance is one of the um, one of the most underrated, greatest groups of all time, in my opinion. Listen to the talent that's on this. It's in his group. You have Paulie Dangerously, Paul Heyman, as their manager. Medusa as their valet. You have Steve Austin, Arn Anderson, Larry Zabisco, Rick Rude, and Bobby Eaton. And by the way, for you guys who don't know this fun fact, this is when Rude became, he wasn't world champion here. But this is when he was with these guys. This is when he did become world champion. This is right before his career ended with that back injury. But... That group right there, I this is why when I hear stories from people like Steve Austin and everything like that, you truly see like what he was going through and like how the positions he was in. 
All right, now I'm back. I forgot what I was saying. I had to take a phone call in the middle of it. But essentially, let's just revisit the team. So sorry if... So Sting Squadron is Sting the Kid, Koloff, Sting Boat, Dustin Rose, and Wind, Barry Windham, Steve Austin, Arn Anderson's, Larry Sabisco, Rick Ru- I knew I was going with this. Rick Rude and Bobby Eaton. Rick Rude probably had the run of his career at the top of the card. He was world champion because of this. Like, and this was the first, I believe this was Paulie Dangerous. This is Paul Heyman's idea and having Medusa there as well. Um, but essentially, I understand why Austin was mad. Like Austin was with these legends, like all Hall. Look at that list. All fucking Hall of Famers in any wrestling organization. And one and 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 it's one of those things where it's like to go from that, he had think about his WCW run. Before it, it's always gonna be underrated because of the star he became. One of the greatest tag teams of all time, the Hollywood Blondes, former tag team champions, and one of the greatest underrated groups of all time. He had a US title run, a TV title run, a tag team title run. That's a hell of a career for just a Mick Carter. In itself. Then look what he went on to do. Jesus Christ, what a career. Anyway, let's get right to it. So essentially, I loved Sting and his interactions. Like, for example, he has, he has such history and longevity. But he has such history with um, people and classic feuds with people that you never know what to expect. So him and Nikita had a long history fighting for the U.S. title. And so they, Sting, just, Sting needed a fifth person. So he brought Nikita in. And so he didn't know if Nikita was going to be loyal or not. Well, Nikita proved himself. They hugged. They high-fived, whatever. Um, and essentially, this was a feud that just built up, built up. And you guys just need to watch this thing. Like, the way they... Like, first of all, that cage was way too low. And these guys are nearly as athletic as the people are now. But even for this, this was like... I, I could... See, dude, this is why you can't have a cage on War Games now. Well, you can, but it needs to be fucking higher. But then you have Hell in a Cell. You don't need to do that. Anyways, the point is... Like, there was a part in the match where I can't remember who Sting picked up. Sting picked up somebody. And he was, like, doing... He had a, a gorilla press slam. He kept putting them up against the, the cage first, down, cage first, cage first, up, down. And I was like, that's a cool spot right there. And I feel like you saw just what you need to see. It was a blood fest. Like, Austin was bloody. Fucking Dustin was bloody. Barry, everyone was fucking... Speaking of blood, Jesus, the H. Christ, that was a lot of blood. But this felt... Like the end of a feud, right? And and they went into something because Sabisco ended up getting kicked out of the group because of this. Sabisco has they take apart the uh, ring ropes, and Sabisco goes to swing on. Uh, I think it was Sting. He missed Sting and hit Bobby Eaton. Uh, Bobby Eaton then gets put in an arm bar, and Bobby Eaton taps out. And so this was to me a fun match to watch. Like I said, it went by fast. You know, it went by super fast. But this felt like. Don't you know sometimes we say the feud has to end with hell in a cell or whatever? This this felt like the end of this feud and moving on to something else for everybody. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, I don't know what this war game is going to be as of this recording. It's rumored that it's going to be um, the Wyatt Six versus the Bloodline. I have thoughts on that with a podcast that I'm actually recording this week. So you'll hear my thoughts before you actually hear this. But, um, I, I don't know, dude. I think it was one of the greatest show matches I've seen, just solo matches. I don't know if it's the greatest war games of all time. That's so subjective. I personally have never thought of. Like, to me, a Hell in a Cell, to me, I've always considered the first one the greatest because they just set a standard. And it was a blood feud, literally. And then you add in the debut of Kane, 
And I feel like there were so many different elements that could have went wrong that didn't go wrong. That there were so many different storylines. You have to remember that storyline with Undertaker and Kane was that lasted all summer. Paul Bear announced that Kane was coming in. I want to say June of that year. I remember '97 like it was no tomorrow. I, I told you this before. I remember because Paul uh, Bear had the makeup off and he had blackmailed Undertaker into managing him as he was WWE champion. And then finally, when I took a broke away from him, he said, Kane is coming! Kane is coming! And I remember everything built. Everything built to that moment in time. And to see Kane that built Kane. And to see him, and to see Shawn Michaels thoroughly decimated. And for him to just to barely crawl over and get the win, it just was amazing. War games, I've never thought. I, I thought. I think war games have had great moments. This is definitely a great match. But to me, I, I think of moments like where Kurt Henning turning on the four horsemen and uh, throwing the cage into Ric Flair's face, and you see that the, the the blood and stuff going on. Like, like you see those moments. Like I think it got watered down towards the end. I think '96 was the last. '96, '97 was the last time I really enjoyed war games. But this is nothing to uh, miss, and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I missed it for this many, this many years. But yeah, I, I would definitely recommend this. So, anyways, that is your part. Uh, I'm, I don't know who knows what was. It'll be part one or part two whenever I upload. Who gives a shit? But anyways, this is uh, your match of the month for November. So let's check out the comic of the month if you like both shows. Uh, this is Slow Chemical, and I am out.